When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach and as always I'm joined by Christian Garcia. Hola! And joining us via Zoom is our uh, new friend Omar Najam. He's a producer, director, podcaster, a little bit YouTuber, a little bit of everything. Does that sound about right? My God, what I, 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 you're my new manager. <laughs> you, you get 10% from yeah, now on. Excellent. That was my plan <laughs> all along. Um, oh, oh. Uh, one of the things I think that um, that I recognized you from once Christian said he had met you was I'd watched some of the Two Broke Geeks uh, show that you had. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that was a lot of fun. You know, you know, uh, we essentially do a very similar thing here, though. Uh, unfortunately, we probably spend a little bit more of our money on <laughs> geeky stuff, especially since we got into magic. Um, but uh, yeah, we figured you know uh, you're a kindred spirit in the nerd world and. We, glad to have you on thank you thank you the one piece of advice that people would give me at conventions when i was doing that uh everyone said don't get into mtg yeah <laughs> it'll destroy your brand <laughs> oh man i am in i'm in i'm in deep with the two most expensive nerd cultures out there i'm into warhammer and and the magic the gathering <laughs> it and it's like oh okay i'm just gonna be poor forever oh that's pretty yeah. sweet <laughs> just tear the bottom of your wallet yeah yeah just <laughs> I'll just send direct deposit straight to Games Workshop <laughs> yeah, and Wizards yeah. of the Coast, and you know we'll call it a day, kind of thing. <laughs> I haven't gotten into Warhammer yet, and I don't. Oh, I'm, you will. I mean, I'll, a new I'll, edition coming out, Christian. The time is now. I will borrow your minis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, I've. I you know it's funny because um, a, a lot of people uh, bring up the cost of entry into Warhammer, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that there's maybe a market out there for renting out armies oh for sure you know what i mean um maybe not even on like a long-term basis but like you know i'm thinking about playing space marines or or tyranids or whatever um but i want to see how they play like Mm -hmm. here's a here's a thousand points of them painted ready to go that you can bring to your local hobby store and you know you get them for a week or two weeks or whatever and then you can return it and I i think that would be idea we should do that offset my miniature budget that's a really good uh business idea <laughs> yeah i get a hundred percent of that idea Omar. <laughs> maybe 50 if christian's around so you know i think we split everything i don't 50, know what 50. i bring to the table <laughs> but, I'll t- I'll but i know what you're the taking 50. from the table yeah. and that's 50 percent. that's 50 percent exactly well, uh, before we uh, forget anything, uh, make sure, guys, you like and subscribe. Click all the little follow buttons. If you're listening to audio, make sure you check us out. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, any of the – basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts, we're on there. If you're on YouTube, of course, like and subscribe. 
And uh, you can check out patreon.com slash nerds with friends. Become a patron. Help us support us with a couple dollar dues. Uh, that way we can afford things like our wrinkly green screen or, you know, new mixers and things like that. So we do appreciate that. Or the Lord of the Rings uh, Magic Or the, the Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering set coming out. <laughs> uh, the important stuff. The essentials. It's content. We need it. <laughs> Uh, we like to start the show as we always do with some nerdy confessions where we confess the things that make us nerds. Christian, why don't you lead us off? So my nerdy confession, and I was talking to Cody about this before we started recording, I started playing Resident Evil 4. Mm -hmm. And um, the confession part is like, I don't remember getting freaked out as a kid playing it. I don't know if it's the graphics or the fact that I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but like... I'm like, oh, wait, I think I remember something coming up. I remember there's a big boss. Do I have enough ammo? Do I have enough health? Am I going to survive this? Well, yeah, it's just like I, and as a kid, I just remember, like, I'm just going to run in here and just blast away at anything that comes out, and let's see what happens. And I'm trying to see if I can bring that back. Maybe I was just more ballsy as a kid. Become more of a coward <laughs> as an adult. I don't know. You're just like checking in with everyone in the village in the beginning. Yeah. Just Is like, everyone Hola. good? Yeah. <laughs> Come Hello. on. How's Hello. it going? Uh, so uh, don't mind me. Through. Yeah. <laughs> Church. I love it. Right. It's it's so cool. Um, yeah. Sorry about that window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is. I played a little bit of uh, Resident Evil Four uh, when it first came out on GameCube, and I remember like. The, the early Resident Evil games, I had such a love-hate relationship with that. I loved the idea of them and the world and the characters and everything, but I hated the controls. Like, especially, like, in the Resident Evil 1 and 2 days, it was, I mean, try playing those games now. It would oh, be yeah. ridiculous. But I think it added to the scare factor where it's just like, all right, yeah. oh, wait, they move now? They oh, move I, their heads? Yeah, like, they're like, oh, I literally can't go anywhere while I'm shooting? You know, that, that always kind of bothered me coming from... You know, I play mostly like an action RPG type games or first person shooters where running and gunning is everything. And the fact that you have to stop and shoot yeah. and stop and reload, reload. didn't make any sense <laughs> to me. Uh, so I am glad that in this new one, you can slowly walk and reload and slowly walk and shoot. Yeah. So that's you know definitely a bit of an upgrade. Um, but yeah, it, it is, you know, it's it's fun so far. And it's, you know, it is one of those frustratingly hard survival horror games because you're like, oh my God, how many times do I have to shoot this guy in the head with a shotgun to get him to go down? Oh, bear trap on the ground? Great. Oh, I'm dead. Great. Yeah, that. Oh, they've got Molotov cocktails? Oh, cool. Cool. Oh, See, and I remember, Why does he have unlimited dynamite? Why can't I find the dynamite? I remember as a kid, too, like just hitting the dynamite in people's hands and watching them explode or hitting the Molotovs and just watching them burn. I'm trying to do that now. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Yep. Oh, fuck this. And just run backwards yep. and like shoot yeah. him from a distance. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, and I'm playing on PC, so there's like no aim assist. Um, I need to see if there's a way of turning that on because I'm a very new PC player. And man, <laughs> aim assist, I didn't realize how much I needed it. Like, God, Jesus, stop moving. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a fun game. Def definitely worth checking out, I think, if, especially if you're a fan of the original. The new like little ad cutscenes are cool. Yes. And the graphics are amazing. Oh, yeah, the graphics look incredible. I mean, that's definitely a reason to play it for sure. Uh, my nerdy confession, this is a deep one, Christian. Um, so, uh, I recently, you know, speaking of PC, um, I recently went to a little, uh, store in San Jose called the tiny keyboard shop Okay. and it's all they sell is mechanical keyboards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I had heard of mechanical keyboards and you know, all my friends who play PC are always rave about them and stuff. 
And I was like, uh, you know, how good can they possibly be? And then I, you know, go into the shop where you can actually press the buttons and you're like, oh, this is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> and so the past two days I've been on this YouTube like K-hole, just like trying to find like everything out about these mechanical keyboards. And man, there's that's a new level of nerd. All right. For, sure. for ignoramus like me. Yeah. What? OK, here's what, I'm, I'm now a bit of an expert. So I, let me see if I can explain it. So a, a traditional keyboard. Um, has this like membrane underneath the keys. So when you press the button down, um, there's a little plunger that hits this membrane, which squishes it down onto the PCB or printed circuit board underneath. Yep, okay. yep, yep. And that presses, that creates the input on the screen. So okay. if you're pressing X or L or whatever. A mechanical keyboard gets rid of that membrane, and now you have these spring-loaded mechanical keys that press down and you know hit a button that hit, hits the input. And so they have a much more tactile and like satisfying button click. Um, some people think that they're more accurate. Um, and they more, more accurate. Well, like you know, <laughs> you like know, sometimes you hit you know the K and you might instead get like a comma. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that's user error. <laughs> but but like you know, like uh, you know because you know when you press the button down, there's okay. like a tactile feedback. And so um, the problem is with this thing is it's like any hobby. Uh, there's unlimited options. So depending on what key caps you get, which are the, the things that actually have the letters and stuff written on them, mm -hmm. you can go wild with those. You can create cool pictures and scenes and stuff with them. Um, the different switches have different feels and mechanisms in them that you know feel different and sound different as you play it. So if you want it more firm, you can do that. Yeah, So if you want 100%. Like super buff fingers, you can just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or if you want something super light, or if you want something that's nice and loud, so you get the clickety-clack sound. I love that. Or if you uh, want it super quiet, because you have neighbors who hate that clickety-clack no. sound. Um, there's like literally options for everything. And um, and the bed it actually sits in, too, You know the, the, the frame of it, if you will, you know, you can get a real heavy one so it doesn't slide around as much as you're typing and hardcore gaming. Or when you get mad, you want to slam your monitor. Yeah, you know, you get <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you need to murder someone, you can just throw your keyboard at them. Uh, yeah, man. So, there, you know, I don't know which one I'm going to get yet because all I did was press some buttons at the shop before I knew anything. But um, I'm definitely looking into getting one that I can, you know, swap out the switches and stuff and, and try out some things. But Nice. Um, and I, I do like... You know, I found that I'm in the minority apparently in this community where I like a full keyboard with the number pad on it because I'm really good at 10 key. You know, I think you and me both yeah. working retail and banking and stuff. Uh, 10 key is king for sure. And um, everyone's like, no, you don't need 10 key. I'm like, no, nah. every time I need to enter any number, it's like boom, 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 boom. I don't even have to look at it. Yeah, you don't want to look at the top. And tick, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. One, mm -hmm. three, five. Yeah, you don't have to do any of that stuff. So. I definitely want a, a 10 key on it, though you can get a separate little 10 key pad too. Uh, it sounds like you know a little bit about mechanical keyboards. Is that right, Omar? Are you an My, aficionado? Uh, youngest sibling, I am positive, has been to that shop because they are super into Like every time I go home, there's a new keyboard. Oh, wow. Uh, and they're just like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, designed one based off of uh, uh, season two of Reboot. And oh, I'm just like, what? whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just Man. real specific. Speaking real of, stuff. Reboot needs a reboot. You know what I mean? Reboot does need a reboot. That was such a good show. That's the one with the blue, the blue characters. people. Yeah, yeah, it was like one yep. of the first yep. like all CG, uh, you know, shows out there, animation shows. That and like Beast Wars. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's Beast Wars is getting the live action uh, treatment. I feel like it's time for reboot as well. Yeah, I feel like reboot could be done so well, 
And, you know, I mean, you know, you look at things like the Mandalorian and uh, Rogue One where they've created people who look pretty dang close to lifelike, like creating a, you know, a completely CG world wouldn't be that out of the question. Get maybe the people who did Arcane to do it. God, that's I still haven't so seen sick. it yet. I still have not God, seen it. Can you imagine? I can't. I can't, and it makes me sad because I know it won't happen. <laughs> They're just gonna make Arcane too. <laughs> we need to go to every studio and just take a briefcase, and when we open it, it's just what you said yeah. on a piece of paper, <laughs> and that's it. We slide it across. <laughs> reboot, reboot. Our Arcane Two Studio. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> end. end yeah with just dollar signs at the end of it slash pitch yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> man that would that would be so good because uh, i really like i like the characters and you know it's like an, another criminally underrated um movie that came out was tron legacy yes like, to see how that movie progressed when technology progressed yeah. And the ideas and understanding of technology progressed too, right? Because like in the original Tron, it was all about, oh, you know, the users are like the gods to them or whatever. Yep. And, you know, what if a user got sucked inside and became a program? Okay, cool. But now with Tron Legacy, you're like, oh, we know how the internet works now. <laughs> and so they just completely expanded this world. And, um, and of course, the technology made it look amazing. I was so bummed when they like, kept putting off all the sequels to that because yeah. it was incredible. I, I would just want to see a sequel just for Daft Punk to put another uh, I soundtrack know. for it. Bring them back. Get them back together. God, that's soundtrack one last job. Good. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, you know, one of them sitting with the helmet on, still smoking a cigarette. He's like, <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> the cigarette hits the ground, it turns into pixels. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we got my music God. video already. That's so good. <laughs> all right, Omar, what's your uh, nerdy confession? Uh, this one is wild. Um, I was a huge Animorphs kid growing up. Ooh, I was an Animorphs kid too. The Andalites and the yep. What were the ba- yep. the what Hork Bajir? Oh, the Hork Bajir. Yeah. The Yurks. Oh man, is that what those uh, little slugs were called? Was Yurks? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The ap- most absolutely terrifying concept. A lot of adults <laughs> around you are taken over by alien slugs and want to take you over as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Terrifying. Uh, so my. My, my confession for this uh, that I don't think many people, this is the first public announcement I've made about this. <laughs> sure. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and I, was up, <laughs> I made my own Animorphs book so I could be in the universe. <laughs> and I did the cover of me turning into a frog. Hell yeah. I did the flip book at the bottom. <laughs> uh, it, I, I, it's lost to time. I'm sure. Like it's, it's either going to wash up on the shores somewhere in a hundred years, or it's in the Indiana Jones warehouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next to a, the, the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> exactly. It was a fully, I want to say I wrote, like I folded the pages and I hand wrote them. Uh, but I want to say it was something like at least 50 pages. It that, was like, I went for a full book. Yeah. You went, you went in deep for that. That's awesome. Uh, my one, my one thing with the Animorphs and I forget, I read quite a few of them. You know, mm-hmm. I was a, I was an avid, uh, attendee at the scholastic book fair at my school. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I remember getting, do you remember those when you, yeah. get, you got, yeah, you got the, like the newspaper, like, uh, handouts. You're like, Oh, which books am I going to get now? <laughs> Kids today will never understand that. No, the excitement that came from it to see yeah. like what was, you on could it. only buy books like two, three times a year. It was yeah. when the book fair came to school. Uh, but yeah, one thing I always remembered about that, those, uh, books was I was always so frustrated. I'm like, 
Just go like touch better animals. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, go to the zoo, sneak into the gorilla cage, and like get down with the gorilla. Because you know, they, like the they would always be like, "Oh, I'm going to turn into a deer, or I'm going to turn into this hawk and fly around." And we're like, "Okay, cool," but like turn into like a bald eagle or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like turn into the best version of that animal. Right. Well, there was a section Min-accent. of what you just said that yeah. just blew my mind, where you said touch better animals. Yeah. <laughs> get down with a gorilla. Get down with a gorilla. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> You know, in, in the the Hork Majir, I remember uh, that one it had like I think it had like Wolverine claws or something similar to it. Yeah. And I was like, from the beginning when it was introduced, I'm like, dude, someone needs to touch that thing. And it took like six <laughs> books or something for them yeah. to finally do it. I'm like, duh, duh, touch him, touch the Andalite guy with the deer with the scorpion tail, like touch all of them. Um, because right, they snuck into an army base one time as cows. Yeah. And. You know, I know that it is kids. Sure. The other plants, but you're right. Like, you're just like, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that I still think a little bit like a kid. If I was a kid, I'd be like, dude, where can I find a dinosaur today? Can I touch a dinosaur right. bone and turn into a T-Rex? Let's figure this out. You know? Wait a second. Does it have to be a living, breathing animal or can it be any animal? I don't know. Matter? They, ne- they never, they never explored that in the entire series. So like. Dude, let's get those mosquitoes like John Hammond did in Jurassic Park. Let's suck some dinosaur blood, you know? <laughs> you know, it's going to be luck of the draw. We don't know what's in there, but, you know, it's pterodactyl would be cool. <laughs> a real grab bag animorph situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I turned into the worst dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say with my luck, it'd be like one of those little tiny raptors or whatever it was. Yeah. It was like the ankle biter things. Like even the velociraptors <laughs> were like chicken sized almost people people forget that jurassic park ruined our yeah. image of those the idea of being like i'm gonna turn into a dinosaur uh please 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 t-rex please 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 lost a raptor and you just turn into like that first creature that got out of the water <laughs> yeah just lobby like, fish yeah. and you're like oh i've got a speed of zero just <laughs> just a lung fish that's it yeah i made a huge mistake yeah that would be the worst um yeah yeah those those are good books though that is that is a good nerdy confession for sure thank you thank you another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I think we should talk a little bit about uh, one of the current movies out in theaters now for for now anyway mm-hmm. we'll see how much longer it's in theaters um shazam 2 fury of the gods yeah um we both recently just saw that and we know you haven't seen it yet omar but we figured we'd talk about it because i think you know you're gonna offer a unique perspective as to why mm-hmm. maybe you didn't see it um right <laughs> now I, know, I think you uh i think if i remember right from uh the um two bro geeks you're a big green lantern fan um, Huge. What are yeah. your what are your feelings on Shazam or Captain Marvel as he was originally known? Um, it's so funny because I it's a uh, very different take than the comics. Sure. Um, and when the first Shazam movie came out, I thought it was a really refreshing, uh, 
dose of serotonin to the DC universe yeah. where I was just like, oh, wow, this is like a, this, it was a Christmas movie. Yeah. And um, it's fun and light and it's, you know, you know, everyone in it is obviously having fun. There's color in it yes. so it's not the Zack Snyder there's a little bit of saturation yeah a little exactly. bit of it uh there's some and I think there's some good goofs where Mark Strong is just doing his evil speech and right like, I can't hear you like, you're what? too far away what <laughs> that was one of the best jokes from that movie for sure <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh and it was also I feel like and I know that it's a lot of you know super strength and flying and technically it should be all stuff that feels very similar to Superman but I think it to me a kid jumping and then a, a a puff of smoke and then there's a superhero. It, it's new. It felt different. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the comic book nerd in me, you know, I've been, a, I've been a WonderCon uh, kid since it was back in San Francisco. Uh, uh, yeah. we, you know, we've, we've missed it ever since it was so gone. Much, yeah. 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 I feel bad for taking it <laughs> yeah. to Anaheim as I, <laughs> the year I moved down, it like poured it down and I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, back when I, back when I smoked cigarettes, I smoked a cigarette with Chewbacca with Peter Mayhew. Out really? Wonderful. No way. Yeah. It was before he died. I was like, oh, you're Chewbacca. He's like, yep. I'm like, can I light your cigarette? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, so you had to like go up. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the thing about WonderCon, not to get sidetracked from Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods for too long, but that's the thing about WonderCon in San Francisco that I feel like it's hard to explain to people where it's just like, no, you would bump into Christopher Nolan. Right. Like it was just like there. We, like we, <laughs> you know, speaking of Green Lantern, we walked into the Green Lantern panel. Like mm-hmm. you know, didn't have to wait in a long line no. or anything. And you know, there's Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, and it was like, oh man, it's amazing. We didn't get the ring, but we, that's fine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was also here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself. I'm I'm uh, I'm getting gray in the beard, uh, and this is this is a memory that I think you won't see at conventions anymore. Uh, and if I'm wrong, call me out. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty avid convention goer. But at a, at a convention the size of WonderCon, there used to be something called a free table. Yeah. And that's where they put, like, I have 20 uh, The Day After Tomorrow posters, like, full <laughs> theatrical posters, because it was uh, there was a table where they just put the stuff. And they went, nerds, go advertise for us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, what's funny is, like, you know, because we go to Comic-Con, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. and um, and it's just, like, this completely different animal. Yeah. And it's not for everybody, for sure. The the size of it, the crowds, and the waiting in line, it's definitely a, an acquired taste. But that's one thing that, that they're missing, I think, is, first of all, stuff like that. Because, first of all, that table would be swarmed by people <laughs> instantly, and it would just be cleaned out and a mess. And yeah. It would be garbage. So they hire people to hand all that that crap out in the streets of San Diego, and it just litters the streets for two weeks after, I'm sure. (laughs) Entertainment Weekly. uh, Yeah, yeah, Entertainment Weekly. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And then uh, also just, you know, running into um, different celebrities and stuff. You know, um, at Comic-Con, it's so common. Like, you might catch a glimpse of them, but they're always surrounded by bodyguards or whatever, like – ushering them through the crowds because you have to you know you can't have you know chris evans or something just walking down the street but WonderCon, you could you could walk up there to them you know walk down uh the autograph aisle you could meet people outside walking around and it was just it was so much more personal and that's like the perfect like quality for a uh uh, comic book convention you they got Mm -hmm. real stars like it wasn't you know and not not to say that you know tv stars aren't you know 
real stars, but I I think that you can see real like movie stars, like huge like Ryan Reynolds. He wasn't as big as he is now, but he was still right. a big movie star. And you could just walk in and see him right there, and it was so cool. Um, so yeah, I definitely do miss that for sure. The Q and A's of uh, uh, a convention like WonderCon back in the day is yeah. so zany because now I feel like people are so versed that like you'll get a pretty good interview with Kevin Feige from anyone off the street. Yeah, <laughs> Where they'll be like, okay, so in like constructing your different faces, what thought process? I feel like that vocabulary is <laughs> there. Whereas like I went to like the Spider Man panel and then someone was just like, so, Tobey Maguire, can you jump real tall? <laughs> and he's like, uh. Your hands uh, really a lot of that's like movie that? magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so you don't do that? So no, don't do it's a stunt man. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. Thank where, you. <laughs> where do you hide all that whip? Right. <laughs> Where's yeah, that? Yeah. Is there like a sack inside you? Because it's a bunch of Bay Area dirt bags. And I yeah. say this with all the love of, in my heart as a Bay Area dirt bag. Yeah. It was just a bunch of salty Bay Area dirt bags just going in and being like, yeah, so I'm just kind of trying to collect my old cable comics. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for today. Oh, you're making a Spider-Man movie? Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> what's, that, what's that about? Yeah, yeah, it, it was such it was an amazing time. And it was like, you know, you just buy tickets the day of, walk right yeah. in. You know, it, it was it was amazing. And it's just it's hard to find that kind of stuff. Isn't that anymore. crazy that you could just go and buy tickets day of and yeah. just yeah. walk in? It's so no nuts. stress. Yeah. There were conventions like HaywardCon and stuff where um the, the price of admission was a can of soup because you were donating food. Yeah. And then they'd be like, go in. Or you'd be like, I'm in cosplay, and they're like, sure. Yeah, now it's like, you know, the price of a Comic-Con ticket is a Michelin star, five-star meal. <laughs> it's like, oh, $500? That seems fair. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Thanks for not fucking me big time, Comic-Con. I appreciate that. This oh, is my vacation for the year, and it's work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no no one knows how to get into the actual convention? That seems right. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Great. Yeah, last The year line was... is the city itself? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> What was I waiting in line for? This is the bathroom line, dear lord. Okay. <laughs> when there's and 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 you're you're cutting it off oh. for the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's All right. Fine. <laughs> All right. Well, we got it. We got a little distracted. I don't even know how we got there. But anyway, uh, right. Shazam. But, <laughs> like so off brand of us to just yeah, go to on get, a tangent. To get tangent. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first Shazam movie. I love the idea of also like empowering children with superpowers. Right. Um. And that notion that I feel like is kind of not as much in the DC cinematic universe of like anyone can be a superhero. Right. Uh, I the, feel like a lot of it was DC especially is, is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of you were the chosen one kind of thing or like, exactly. or like an extreme circumstance made you into who you are where that's, you know, we're, we're admittedly more Marvel focused um, mm -hmm. as nerds. Um, one thing that I really liked about Marvel, like especially the X-Men is like you were just born with it. And it was yes. like, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's terrible, you yeah. know, and you know what you did with it, you know, is, is whether you became a hero or a villain or, you know, just another tortured soul kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. I think that Shazam really brought some, you know, fun, fun, uh, levity to it and a different perspective of what it means to be a superhero in that universe. Yes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then a couple months ago, I saw Black Adam. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, this is like the other side of that coin. <laughs> yeah. And then I did not realize that then shortly after Shazam 2 would be coming out. And I was like, I feel like I just saw these powers. <laughs> right. And I think that's that's an interesting, when when Black Adam was announced and like, you know, the trailer came out and stuff, notably Shazam was missing. Yes. And... 
I think we were all a little confused. We're like, wait a minute. That's like, that's like coming out with, and, and don't get me wrong. Like there is the Joker movie, which did really right. well. And you know, uh, the second one is going to come out and I'm sure it's going to do very well as well. But it's like creating like a Lex Luthor movie where it's like, <laughs> okay, I guess, yeah. I guess that's kind of cool. Or maybe not even a Lex Luthor cause he does, he's different than Superman, but maybe it's like making a bizarro Superman movie. Without Superman right. in it. Yeah, see, I was going to say Venom with no Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not great. You know, I mean, they were, again, they were fine. They were fine. They were is fine. Is Venom a Spider-Man movie? No. Is Venom a pretty accurate portrayal of living in San Francisco? I would say, yeah. I think it's, like, <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty separated from a superhero movie. I do think it is a yeah, San Francisco film. Exactly. The, the car chase was just uh, looking for parking because it went around the same <laughs> block like three times. Cause that's could, the only thing I got up. from that scene. I was like, oh, they just went around that block. Yeah, like, that's that's, same, that's right. the same place that sells those sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was so strange, I think. You know, that they chose, and I think a lot of it came from The Rock, right? He was an yeah. executive producer, a regular producer. Like, that was his movie. And I think, I think they probably gave him a little too much control on it, too. Cause, uh, there was rumored to be a Shazam, uh, I guess we should say a little spoiler, spoiler alert for <laughs> Black Adam Shazam 2. Uh, we will talk light, we'll try to keep it as light as possible. But in the post credit scene of Black Adam, yeah, there was a Superman cameo which mm -hmm. I think everyone's heard about it by now because of the whole Henry Cavill fallout. But that originally rumored was supposed to be Shazam. And the rock was like, no, I want Superman. It's me. It's Superman. We're the leaders right. of the DC universe. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like since when? <laughs> and it, he didn't want to fight a little kid, man. He wanted to fight <laughs> I mean, and like every Black Adam exists. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Black Adam exists. To fight Shazam. Yeah. To be yeah. a foil of Shazam. To show why Shazam, young Billy Batson, is the optimal champion to hold the powers of Shazam. And why maybe a bitter adult is not the reason why. Right? Like, that's why that story yeah. exists. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be, because I think the idea of that is there will be at one point a punch him up. Right? Yeah. Where it'll be like, and then it's like, who's stronger? Black Adam or Superman? And... To me, that's because it's like neither of them are going to like lose lose. It's sort of Fast sure. and Furious rules where it's like no right. one's going to like lose lose. But like a buddy comedy of Shazam slash Captain Marvel and Black Adam of just like because I feel like in Black Adam, there's a lot of that like we heroes don't kill people with Hawkman. And he was like, well, I do. Yeah. And I, and I was like, yeah, but like you. OK, yeah, sure. A hundred percent, but like we barely met the JSA. So right. like there's only so much that I'm just like, oh, okay, so this Hawkman does it. Um, right. Whereas like we've met Billy. So the idea of Billy being like, hey, don't, no, no. And like Billy saving people as Black Adam is like, no, we can kill this entire base. And, and right. being like, no, 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 no. I know that <laughs> makes me feel icky. Like <laughs> to me, that's so entertaining and so funny. And then, you know, if you have Billy as Shazam, sacrificing himself like dr fate does yes and then that creating the turn in black adam to turn oh. him into an anti-hero like hero like that movie writes itself <laughs> i don't understand why we're Get sitting a here second suitcase print out what you just said <laughs> yeah. we have to go studio to studio justice society of america is actually just a stand-in for shazam there you go <laughs> please release this movie <laughs> 
was at the end when it's like we have to talk and it's superman i was like yeah i remember you you're the guy who did kill someone that right. was like a, yeah yeah was kind of a big deal in your first movie yeah so, i you know i did it one time and i said right. i said <laughs> no one. no more yeah I was like that that felt bad i don't know why you didn't feel bad about all those people you exploded <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then, because he also killed, uh, I mean, in Batman v Superman, it, he kills the villain, right? That, it's like a, yeah, it's he was death. technically already dead. It's yeah. the same guy. Yeah, but it was a You know what? Double Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Double yeah, Jeopardy. Jeopardy rules. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Judd's Double Jeopardy rules. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, Superman dies and then comes back. So that, like, expunges your record anyway. He's like a <laughs> new that, Superman. If you, if you die it's the uh yeah your record's wiped yeah so then you come back yeah you're yeah, right clean so maybe slate. he's like hey i never did that technically like, on a technicality yeah. that was the old one that was, that old, was the that new was one i'm new look at this cool black oh, Gandalf suit the gray yeah. oh no i don't know him yes yeah people people want that was a name they once called me superman <laughs> i would never abandon frodo that was gray that's yeah. me <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm cool Lost now. Lost to the Balrog? Nah, couldn't have been me. <laughs> nah, that wasn't me. <laughs> Man, I feel that's that's what's the most frustrating thing about the DC universe so far, or the cinematic universe, I should say, is that the the right answer is so clear so quickly to a lot of people. Like, okay, with Batman v Superman, like like you take that Martha line out of there. You take that right out of there. <laughs> And then, um, and then, like the Justice League movie, you know, Zack Snyder did like a, a decent movie, mm-hmm. and then you just chopped it up and turned it into a pile of shit. And so it's like it's so unfortunate with that universe that, like, it seems to me that they they, they have all the pieces, but they're determined not to make the puzzle. You know what I mean? They're like, I think there's yes. too many people, like too many fingers, you know, touching things. It's just like, it's, it's not a clear vision. There's too yeah. many people who wanted certain things to happen. Yeah. The rock specifically. <laughs> <laughs> it, you're right. It's interesting. Like a puzzle is a really good way to put it. Like imagine doing a jigsaw puzzle and yeah. then people were giving you notes and you're like, no, this fits together pretty. Yeah, like, if you just mash them together yeah, like this, just take this one <laughs> yeah. hammer and you it's, just smash it together. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Imagine someone being like, actually, I want it halfway through. Like, I want to do a different puzzle. And you're like, that's not how this that's, works. That's not how this works. Yeah, I know this is a puzzle of a bunch of puppies in a field. But I think if we smash them together, it could make a dragon. So <laughs> I want to do that, please. And you're like, no, you're using half the dragon puzzle. It won't make the full dragon. <laughs> you already have half the puzzle out. Okay, it's a dragon with puppy legs. Who cares, right? The, the puppy people are happy. The dragon people are happy. What do we want? You guys, yeah. never-ending story. You've seen Falcor. It's yeah. fine. It's people love puppy legs. legs. Puppy dragons. People love that shit. Uh, wow. The uh, the accuracy of this conversation and some of the meetings I've been in, it hurts. <laughs> I've been taken back. Yeah. It, it's, it's just such a frustrating space to be in. And then, so I won't spoil Fury of the Gods for you too much. Okay. Um, but... Uh, spoiler alert, there's no Black Adam in it, okay? So that's that's a big one. Um, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's it's so weird. And uh, and we see it in the in the trailer, too, so hopefully it just doesn't spoil anything. There is a brief Wonder Woman cameo in it. Right, um, yes. But Gal Gadot was definitely not in the same room as all those other actors. <laughs> it was a green screen fiasco. 
um, you know, it was like, you know, she goes to like touch someone's face or something. And it's like my hand, like touching her <laughs> face. She it's was, a real Seinfeld situation. <laughs> yeah, she was exactly. too busy doing another song for COVID. Yeah, know, for exactly. YouTube or something. <laughs> right. <just> right. <laughs> another imagined. Um, and it, it was just, it was a fun movie. Like there was fun jokes and stuff. Um, and there was kind of an interesting message where essentially like Billy's trying to keep the Shazam family together and they all kind of want to do their own thing. You know, uh, right. Mary wants to go to college. Um, Freddie wants to just go be his own guy, um, his own superhero and get chicks and stuff like that. And, you know, Billy's just trying to hold the family together kind of thing. And and that's a, that's a good take on the Marvel family, right? If you have this whole group of people who all have the same superpowers, why do they have to be together all the time, right? You know? Yeah. And it's yeah. it's a... It's a it's all about, you know, an analogy for growing up and leaving the house and aging out and all that kind of stuff. So that was nice. That was a good centralized, you know, uh, message for the movie. Um, but then, you know, the the bad guy situation was like, okay, I guess, you know, these gods from another realm or something and they want to steal everyone's powers and destroy the world for no reason. And it just, it, it, that part, I think, fell a little bit flat. Right. Um, and again, you know, if it's if it's a Black Adams comes in and now he's like, you know, he's uh, like, you guys, you know, shouldn't be superheroes. I'm more powerful. I'm the yes. rock. I'm the rock and whatnot. And then and then because Shazam can't beat him alone, he can only do it with his family. It brings yes. the family back together. And they realize they realize that sometimes family can come back together when you need them. You're never yeah. on your own, you know? And it's like, okay, well, that's the movie. That's, I mean. Third suitcase. Yeah, third, there it is. a third suitcase. Okay. You're so right. You're so right. Because it's just, and like, you get so much from that where like, we got a little bit of like fish out of water with Black Adam where he's like, I'm in today's time. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if he left Kandar and he was just in <laughs> Philly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's rad. Like that character just navigating the East Coast. Yeah, he's like, wait, why is why is my home city such a shithole? And like, you guys have these cheesesteaks and and stuff. Like, why right. is this different? And that creates like, okay, now now maybe he has a more worldly presence because he sees that the people in in um, what what's the name of his city? Can Can Dar? Is it Can? I'm gonna say, is it Kandahar? Let me maybe. I think Kandahar. I think, no, Kanda, I think Kandahar might. Be, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever his his city, of- you're right. <laughs> you're right. I was thinking of Evil Dead. Uh, yeah, it's uh, like can Cancun, Cancun, it's Cancun, Kandak, Kandak. Okay, there we go. We were all. Uh, yeah, that's the problem all- when you think too much about Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> we were all, we were dancing around it, but yeah. So can so he sees that his city, you know, is is not a modern metropolis like yeah. Philadelphia. It seems weird to call philadelphia that but you know um it's obviously you know um there's still like people living in like stone houses and stuff in his in his home city and then he sees like the city in america and he sees like how much more advanced they are and now he's got this like global thing where it's like well you know why do they have this when my city can't have this and then there's a conflict there like there's a built-in conflict to him being of this fish out of water and then butting heads with shazam yeah 
And that's the... drama. I think it's an interesting drama where it's just like, yeah, 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 I hear what you're saying, but you are throwing buses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's 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 so much more compelling than introducing three characters who yeah. are bad guys who their whole thing is like, hey, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, the wizard Shazam wronged us. So we're going to take it out on this innocent city and, right. you know, these innocent people for no reason. It's like, okay. I mean, I guess it, yeah. it works better in a comic book. Like it, in a comic book that happened <laughs> right. all the time. Like, especially back when like Shazam was first coming out in like the forties or whatever it was. And because it's like, okay, people are going to pick up one issue in this issue. There's a new bad guy and you got to have introduced the hero and tell what his powers are. And he has to beat the bad guy in this one issue. It's not what movies are, right? You know, right. We're, they're trying to build this cinematic universe. Um, and it's just, they're doing everything in their power not to make it feel like a cinematic universe. Right. <laughs> Maybe James Gunn will fix it. Yeah. Yes. It's possible. You know, I, I think having, I think having one centralized vision of everything will help the cinematic universe quite a bit, but you know, who knows? Do you both think that this Shazam will carry on into whatever new iterations of the world are? I don't think so. I don't know. I, you know, I don't have anything against Zachary Levi. I think that he does a good job of playing the character they want him to play. Right. And I think you're right. It's it's not, you know, the Shazam I want to see is kingdom come Shazam where he's like shitting on Superman and making him bleed from the ears. Like Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. what I want to see. And I will say, um, if you do watch this movie on streaming or, you know, uh, in theaters, there's like, two frames of this where Shazam is like punching and lightnings all around him and stuff where I'm like, yes, this is what I've wanted this entire time. And then it goes back to jokey McJokerson, which is, you know, Uh it's it's fine. It's what the movie is. But like, there's a couple glimpses of like, Oh shit, he's, he's powerful. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. I think, I think that, First of all, I don't know if The Rock will ever continue in the DC universe. I think he has right. butted too many heads because he he stopped the Shazam um, cameo in mm-hmm. in uh, his movie. He also apparently this, these are all rumors, so we're just gossiping here. But he also apparently kept uh, the Justice Society, Hawkman, and one of the other ones, Cyclone or whoever. Um, from cameoing in the end credit scene of this movie, like three what? days, three days before they were going to shoot the post credit scene. So, um, the J- not James Gunn, but the other guy, Peter, I have no whatever idea. <laughs> the, the other guy who's also in charge of DC with, with James Gunn, mm-hmm. who's like his, his directing partner kind of thing. He scrambled and got two people from uh, peacemaker, mm-hmm. um, including uh, James Gunn's wife, uh, who played hardcore. Um, he got them to come in and be like, Hey, you know, Shazam, we're thinking about joining the, having you join the justice league society of America. Interesting. And so it's like, okay. So, I mean, that's cool, but also they're not in the justice society of America. Like that was like Hawkman steel. Right. Cause and last time we saw her, she was running the pri- like the, the containment. Prison. Yeah. The containment under the ice and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it's, it, it, and apparently that came from the rock saying, no, you can't use those characters. Cause he was a producer on that movie. And so like, it seems like he's just 
trying to be a little too big for his britches. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the rock puts asses in seats and I like, mm-hmm. the, you know, I generally like movies with the rock in it, but the fact that he wants black Adam to be the, the black Adam and Superman to be the, the pillars of the DC universe just isn't realistic to me. I don't think, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just it's, frustrating. It's going to be a real interesting next five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, you know, I'm excited to see what happens for sure. Um, and I don't know. I just want Shazam to be more successful because mm-hmm. I think, you know, I just want a kingdom come movie where it's all of them fighting and it's not Zachary Levi being like this jokey guy. I want him to grow up a little bit because again, mm. and they do bring it up in this movie. I will say he's supposed to have the wisdom of Solomon. Um, right. and yeah, I was wondering about that since the first movie. I was yeah. Like, supposed to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, I don't remember who says it, but like wonder woman maybe was like, you have wisdom in your heart. And I was like, that's not, <laughs> That's not got how it. that works. Got it, got it, got it. Oh, heart wisdom. Well, that's dumb as shit because your mind does all the thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the wisdom of Solomon either, I guess. But yeah, so um, I, I I just want him to, and I, I was hoping a little bit more of that would happen in, in this movie, was I would want him to grow up a little bit more and mature. Like right. being a superhero for a while, fighting these bad guys who are trying to kill you, like that'll that'll make you grow up pretty quick, you know? Because Billy seems more mature than Captain Marvel. Right. 100%. <laughs> Which is interesting. 100%. I think that's one of the main uh, complaints people have with uh, with this movie or with the Shazam movies in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you have a pretty reserved, stoic kid yeah. who turns into goofball, McGoofelson. You know, it's like, okay. I mean, I guess there can be a little bit of the Spider-Man syndrome where he's more confident when yeah, he's that. When he's so, in so he can right. yeah. let it ride a little bit. But... He, you don't have to turn him into an idiot, you know, a bumbling right. idiot. It's kind of a freakazoid situation. Uh, <laughs> yes. The way that it's played out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so since we're done, we're kind of done talking about Shazam and we know Green Lantern core is coming out soon. What are your hopes as a Green Lantern fan for that, for that series? I, I know what I'll do is I'll speak in, I'll speak in, uh, in, in broad strokes, I suppose. Sure. Um, what I would love uh, I think that everyone's like, I think the big Green Lantern is Jon Stewart. And I feel like everyone wants of the Daily Show. Remember <laughs> of the Daily Remember Show. <laughs> uh, everyone wants to focus on that Green Lantern. And you have already such a great baked in aesthetic with uh, him being an architect and everything mm-hmm. um, that I feel like you'll understand what constructs are. Sure. Uh, and how those powers work. Um, I'm a huge Kyle Rayner fan. Um, yeah. And so really kind of what I'm saying is I want Hal to, I want this to take place after the fall of Hal Jordan. Okay. Any Green Lantern stuff I would love. And I know that we'll probably start with Hal. It's the origin story. Sure. I get it. But the idea of, you know, uh, John and Kyle doing stuff and then uh, uh, an evil Hal shows up with a bunch of rings and they're just like, oh, we're in a lot of danger yeah to me sounds so rad like that idea is so cool and i think would really justify what to me makes green lantern so important my favorite green lantern moment is when uh green arrow has to use the ring and it's just like does it is it that hard is it that difficult and how's just like every time and you're just like wow it's really willpower like yeah. it really is just sheer willpower um, i think that's one thing that they've they've never captured that well in like 
at least in any depictions of Green Lantern I've seen on screen, yeah. is the fact that the green is the willpower color, right? Yes. Like, it seems like, oh, you know, he just made a bucket of water out of green energy. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. cool. And he's putting the fire out with it. Great. You know, but the idea that, and I think that gets expanded in the comics much better, is that it is, he has to, like, completely will that into existence, which is why yes. he can't, maybe he can't make the most complex machines and stuff out of the the green lantern, you know, energy mm-hmm. and stuff is like, okay, try willing all these complex parts into existence. It's like, okay, sometimes a big hammer works just fine, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of the only characters where sheer will is baked into the story. And I, yeah. I feel like we get lots of superhero stories where at the end they go, you know, uh, just try it, want it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Hit it with Superman's a Superman's trying laser. to like lift up the world or something. And he just yes. grunts a little bit more and just does it. It's like, well, and just does it. Okay. Whereas like with green lantern, I feel like you, it's so cooked in where it's like, that is a superpower. So it is like, you know, Kyle, what do you want? What are you fighting for? Where do you find that willpower to right. push through and persevere? And then you see, you know, a really strong ring power <laughs> activate. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of those things um, where it's like that, you know, when like, especially when you're depicting Batman, right? Yeah. Yes. It's fun to see Batman swinging around and punching bad guys and using batarangs and all that stuff. But to me, he's most interesting when he's back at Wayne Manor, taking the suit off. He's got broken ribs yes. and scars and, and Alfred's there like, you know, stitching him up and stuff. Cause it shows like what's at stake every time he puts on the suit. You know what yes. I mean? And I think, you know, the reason why we like these movies, the reason why we like Iron Man is because Robert Downey Jr. plays a compelling Tony Stark. Yep. You know, the reason why we like Tom Holland as Spider-Man is because we believe he's this young, innocent kid mm-hmm. who's got these extraordinary powers, you know? And I think that's one of these things that has been missing from a lot of DC stuff. You know, Wonder yeah. Woman, yeah. oh, you're born half a god? Cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that could be tough. I don't know. Power to you, quite literally. Yeah. Mom, <laughs> yeah. let me train. It's like, okay, cool. Um, and I think, I think again, you know, not to bring back Shazam too much, but I think that's one of the cool things that Shazam had was it was like, oh, it was a fresh perspective on who the character was. Um, now, I think when, um, I think it was James Gunn when he first announced the Green Lantern Corps show, he mm-hmm. was saying it was going to be kind of a true detective y. Right. Uh, feel to it uh does that sound for you does that sound good or is that kind of like kind of you weird know, for a show i i mean they are like space cops at the end yeah. of the day um you know for better for worse and i think i think it's i think it's good to take the heat off of pulling from one particular story yeah if that makes sense i feel like anytime we do that with comic book adaptations us as the folks who have like read those books we're kind of like okay we're seeing the pieces i do like the idea of it being like a take on a genre um and i think that if that's like the way we're going in and unconsciously we're doing a lot of that like what does the ring mean what does it mean to be a green lantern who are these characters um i think they'll be really rad if it is just cops with superpowers i'll be like oh okay (laughs) it's just john stewart cracking a beer and just drinking and smoking cigarettes and putting out like matthew mcconaughey (laughs) true detective getting too i'm getting too old for this sector (laughs) then i'll be like okay okay i guess that was a weird choice (laughs) yeah all right but yeah if it is like 
making sense of the chaos of the universe uh, externally and internally. And, you know, the stuff that I love from the comics with huge visuals. Um, that'll be solid. Uh, I'm very excited. If it is just going door to door and every so often you see like a, a glowing green somewhere and they're like, not yet. I'll be like, uh, it's episode four. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. We definitely need to see some like green lantern powers immediately. You know what I mean? Yeah. By, you know, it's fine if it's by the end of the first episode, you know, that's, that's cool. But like it, you know, that's what people want. We want to see some people flying around, you know, making green stuff happen. Um, but I, I am down to see an interesting take on what it's yeah. like to actually be, you know, a super powered space cop kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause they exist. Here's what I really, I mean, I love so much about green lantern. Um, but one thing I, I, that really draws me to those books is Superman has to, there's the whole like that Justice League Unlimited scene where uh, he's fighting, I believe, Darkseid. And he's just like, it's so hard for me every day. I walk in a world of cardboard. Right. I, like the difficulty for me isn't being strong. It's being too strong. Right. And I have to play like with kid gloves, but with you, I don't. And it's the first time you see Superman just unleash his actual power. Yeah. Uh, the Green Lanterns are in space. Yeah. They're not in a city. Right. They're in space. So when they can do like they can fly and they can create constructs and they can do super punches, so can every alien. Right. Like it's not it doesn't make them more special or more superior to anyone. They're dealing with an alien that's got 70 legs and, you know, <laughs> blasts laser beams out of its mouth and they're just like, "Oh, what do we do?" Yeah. <laughs> God damn, not again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why so many legs? Why is it exactly. so common in the universe? And that makes those powers, like, for me, an extension of their personalities and imagination um, versus a power set that's like, I am stronger than someone else. And right. and so for that, as long as we get that vibrancy with those characters, um, you know, and, and Guy Gardner is a pervert. <laughs> but <laughs> if we get a nice watered down TV friendly Guy Gardner who's doing, you know, uh, the silly Green Lantern stuff compared to the more serious Lanterns. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Sure. That, and that, that would be fun. I, I think it's interesting, too, that they're calling it Green Lantern Corps, at least, you know, tentatively, um, because hopefully we do get to see some of that, you know, the expanded, you know, universe and the core and stuff, um, you know, because then it takes some of the pressure off of, oh, you know, did they do did they do John Stewart justice? Did they do? Right. You know, it's like, OK, well, if the show overall is interesting and we get to meet some of these other characters from the lore you know, we can forgive minor inconsistencies maybe with 100%. the comic characters, you know, so. If we are going for a true detective character-based thing, though, we're going to need Jessica Cruz. I feel like that character was written in, to, like, Hal's like, I'm a pilot. <laughs> I'm brave because I'm a pilot. Yeah. Whereas Jessica Cruz deals with a lot of emotional uh, issues, and I feel like if it's going to be that thing they're going for, I think she should be a real central focus uh, to bring that in because what happens when you have superpowers that are an extension of you you're in a true detective world yeah. and you're dealing with this stuff. And I feel like that's like you kind of said a little bit before to kind of piggyback off of that. I think that's a little bit more relatable than my mom will let me train right. <laughs> with other gods. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, to me, it's a lot more relatable. Like I got to show up to work, but I'm stressed today. Yeah. <laughs> like, what uh, does that do? A hundred percent. Very cool. All right. Well, cool. Well, Omar, it's been really fun talking to you and I, you know, I think we've got a solid like three movie deal in the works now. <laughs> I I I can't wait to retire with you, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's I think that you know, um, that's it's it's so funny because it's been kind of a a run, running theme with this podcast over the years, 
where we'll either say something before it happens and then it'll happen mm-hmm. and then it happens like we we totally <laughs> not only did we call that they were rebooting blade but that marshall ali should be blade like weeks it was a, the week before comic-con when it was all announced yeah. surprise and you know but also like rewriting things um to make them better versions of what they what they could have been kind of thing right we know we know kevin feige is tapping in yeah taking our ideas he's we our biggest need... subscriber you know he's, right he's the one who clicks the bell and likes every video so we just need be DC like kevin to feige listen and <laughs> just start taking our ideas yeah exactly all like i'm not asking for a crazy like i don't want a producer credit but just a like special thanks at the end of a movie would be nice kevin <laughs> a special thanks maybe one of the hats yeah exactly you know you know <laughs> Yeah, I know he's got a collection of every hat in those like <laughs> shitty free hats that everyone gets at the conventions. But uh, yeah, I think you know it. It would be great if some of these studios listened to fans like us, like you, like you know the ones out there who are creating these things. Like you know, hey man, if they made an Animorphs, you know, uh, reboot or reboot reboot or reboot 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 you know like they should come talk to you you know i think (laughs) i think that uh you know we'd all be better off for it if they listen to the fans more because i think they're a little detached sometimes and hopefully james gunn being a fan you know kind of helps this situation out and yeah you know hopefully 100 hopefully the dc gets its time in the sun because i think they deserve it yeah yeah i agree i love these characters i feel like with like you know marvel stuff it gets a little like uh I, i felt like there was sort of nerd sides being picked and stuff like that. I have an entire shelf of DC comics, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I love this stuff. So I would very much like to watch stuff that I like. Yeah. percent. Uh, and know, I think so selfish. <laughs> no, I think I, and I think you're right. It's, you know, Marvel. Yes. They're dominating the movie world. Even when some of their later movies, more recent ones have not been, you know, up to standards, so to speak. But I think that people forget that like Superman is the most recognizable, you know, superhero out there. Maybe yes. Spider-Man might be kind of tied for it, but like Superman, you know, he's he's a hard uh, nut to crack sometimes when it comes to these movies and you know there's he's and he's not the only one, right? You know, we have, mm-hmm. you know, Batman we've been pretty lucky with. Um but the Shazams, the the Wonder Womans of the world, the Green Lanterns especially have had yeah. such a rough time of it. Um that that they need someone to do them justice. Justice. That was pretty, that was pretty good. <laughs> Didn't even intend on that one. They, they need someone to do those characters justice and, and really create a, a world where it's like, oh, the new the new DC movie is coming out. That's exciting, you know, rather than yes. like, oh, let's see. Let's see what pile of shit they rolled out this month, you know? <laughs> and I think, you know, they're getting yeah. better, you know, which is which is a good thing. No, but they're still slipping. So hopefully, hopefully they'll... Uh, We'll take some notes from this podcast and and uh, keep keep um, start making some better stuff. Dream, absolute dream. So, where can the people's find you? <laughs> yeah, where where can we find you? What do we what do we need to follow? Yeah, what a great question. Uh, I'm over on Twitter. As long as that website is going, <laughs> for now these days. Yeah. Uh, uh, over at Omar Najam is my handle over there. Uh, same on Hive or any other sort of backup uh, uh, inflatable boat <laughs> social media situation. Uh, Omer Najam film on Instagram. Um, and other than that, I kind of am popping up on D&D stuff all over the place. Um, so kind of keep an eye out for any of those things. Daisy Quest, which will be coming out uh, sometime in the near future. Uh, we just wrapped on that. It was an absolute blast. Nice. Uh, 
lots of nerdy humor in that one. Uh, we were crying on set the entire time laughing. Um, <laughs> Court of Fame Flowers over on Dimension 20. Go check that out. Uh, Bane's Break over at Pixel Circus. Uh, and uh, yeah, just a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah, we so. didn't even talk about D&D. We got so caught up in the DC stuff. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to have you on again and talk specifically Dungeons and Dragons. That's, that's absolutely great. Maybe uh, when we talk but... about the movie, we can have you on. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. There yeah. we go. That's I'm, the tie-in. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that movie. It, it's looking pretty promising. I know. I almost got tickets on Sunday for um, they were doing like an early uh, showing, but the missus wanted to watch John Wick, so I couldn't go. <laughs> well, yeah. You, I mean, you got to watch John Wick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a very simple. Exactly. But I will say, this movie is so impactful and so big. My mom texted me last night and went, "Hey, can you come home so we can watch this together?" There so you this go. is doing this is doing good things in the world. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think you know. Uh, then there might not be a lot of people out there who remember the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, yeah, but I do. <laughs> lots of little goblins, lots of little, lots of little weird uh, CGI and, goblins and running the, around. And the dumbest beholder you've ever seen. <laughs> well, like, you could throw a rock and distract and it. distract and sneak up behind it. It's a, it's a <laughs> floating ball with eyeballs. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Anyway, yeah. they were all but the most way. brutal, most brutal uh, friend uh, uh, fate. In that movie. Oh, yeah. out of nowhere. Harlan <laughs> Wayans, no. Yeah, that was great. Well, that's another podcast, another time. Thank you, Omar, <laughs> for joining us. We do appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for liking and subscribing, clicking all the bells and icons and all that stuff. Checking out patreon.com slash nerds with friends. Uh, Christian, thank you for always being the uh, the Marvel dog to my Captain Marvel. I appreciate that. <laughs> and to all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you. Good night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now